Hello and welcome to Podiatry Practice Mastery. Uh, my name is Don Pelto and I have Lauren Andreas here. Welcome, Lauren. Hi, how are you? Good. Thank you for joining. And uh, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what you like to do, which is helping practices, private practice owners, um, do better in their practice. Um, before we kind of do a deep dive, uh, tell me a little bit how you got interested in this. This is always a good story. What was your background uh, wow. and how did you get into this? Um, so my background and what I studied in school was really marketing and um, management. So I realized through even personal experiences and through another company I work for that a lot of doctors go to school to be doctors and then they go up in their own practice and there's a lot of um, missing opportunity there where they need some support in making helping them develop people, helping them develop process because they're practicing and that's where they're going to make money. Mm -hmm. is by seeing patients. And if they're spending a lot of time and energy on trying to run the practice, and that's very frustrating for them, then they can get burnt out. And so I just um, saw that there's a big need in helping those private practice owners market themselves, market them, their practice. But then once those patients start coming in, how do we make sure we give them a great experience and help them as practice owners be happy and thriving and efficient and also the people who work for them be happy. Now, now, Lauren, what is the biggest, I guess, I don't know if the word objection, uh, the biggest like conversation that doctors have in their head, the reason why they don't uh, get help? Is it is it that they're thinking they're, they're, they're doing okay or they don't know how much they're missing? Like what, what do you, what, what is your impression? Yeah, that's such a great question. I think there is a couple things I hear. One is they don't feel like they have time. They're just trying to keep their head above water. So thinking about taking time for coaching or taking some time out of their production to train their team or have someone come in and, and work with their team, they get a little bit nervous of, oh, that's a whole day out of production, or that's a couple hours of production where I'm going to be working on my business instead of in my business. And that gets them nervous. But at the end of the day, we all know if you can work smarter and not harder, that you'll get that 10, 20 fold back in just a couple months, that time that you thought you were, were not producing, you're actually setting yourself up for higher production in the future. So a lot of it is that I think they're just trying to keep their head above water and they feel like they don't have the time to carve out to get help. And, and then let's compare that to you're like, let's say if you had an ima imaginary client that was like the number one, like what what little things would they be doing that every that are they're not really that hard, but th that they're doing that others aren't doing? What are a couple of those things like habitually that they would be doing that you'd be like, wow, this guy's going to be an all star in six months? Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest things is developing their leaders or developing key people in their organization that they can lean on and delegate to. A lot of times, you know, they think they have to run everything in the practice and the people under them are just executing whatever they say and it's their practice. But when you can elevate some of the people in your practice to be leaders and have take on roles and responsibilities and not just tasks, then you can see those people thrive. And so I can see some doctors are good at letting go and saying, okay, you're going to take over how do we increase the number of new patients coming in? That's going to be your number, your statistic, you're accountable for that. And when they can make that pass off and give someone else authority and autonomy and 
the freedom to have a part and ownership in the business, not literally ownership in the business. Yeah, like they're getting- they feel accountable. They, they have a responsibility. Yeah. Like this is my baby. I can take care yeah. of them. Whereas I'll see other doctors who they very much are of this mindset. This is my practice. And that trickles down to their team. Well, this is his practice. This is their practice. So they don't have the accountability. They don't have any personal investment in wanting to improve the practice. They don't feel a part of something. They feel like they're a, a really a pawn in, in the scheme instead of being a part of something that's growing and getting excited about it and passionate about it. So that's one thing I think the doctors that can let go and delegate and give accountability to others and give accountability to themselves really thrive and follow through on things um, that they assign themselves and assign their team. Yeah, I think I think that's great. I think uh, a lot of times the delegation is like this this drive by delegation. Okay, you do that yes. that that that, and they never check up. There's no, you know, follow up. There's no weekly meetings to evaluate it. There's no, you know, anything else like that. It's just, um, I think we're all kind of guilty of that. And I think a lot of the doctors are very perfectionistic, right? So they know they think they know how to do everything, and you might not. So we're gonna we're gonna. I'd like to do a deep dive to, uh, talking about like maybe how some of the practices that are listening here could be losing some money uh, mm-hmm. or patients by the way that they're answering the phones. I know that's one area kind of low hanging fruit that you help and talk, talk to practices about. So why don't you start talking about like, what are some of the common problems that you see uh, that practices are doing? Yeah, so absolutely. Well, like I said, my background's in marketing. So I love marketing. I understand marketing ROI and investment and getting creative. And that's awesome. And usually when a practice wants to grow, the first thing that pops into their mind is let's spend money on marketing, right? Let's go do all this marketing and spend all this time, energy, and effort marketing, which costs time and money. But what they forget is you're doing all this marketing and most people aren't going to just walk in the door. Once they see your marketing, they're going to pick up the phone and call your practice. And so if we already have marketing out there and we think, oh, it's not working, it really could be the fact it is driving phone calls into the practice, but those phone calls aren't getting converted into patients walking in the door. And so really the awareness of that, some of the tracking of that, are you missing calls during prime time? A lot of practices will not answer the phones in the mornings, in the afternoons, and at lunch. And that is when most working professionals are going to be calling you. And research will show that if I call your practice and I'm a new patient and I have no um, referral toward your practice or I have no reason to pick you, if you don't answer, I most likely won't leave a voice message. I'll hang up and pick the next person on the list. So just the fact of answering the phone is step one. And if we're answering those phones, are we making sure that we're converting that patient into a booked appointment? And a lot of times I see, and I've listened to hundreds and hundreds of calls and in how we answer questions and how we make the patient feel isn't a welcome to our practice. We're so excited to see you. You've called the right place. It ends up being, um, what's your, what's your name? What's your birthday? It's an intake of information. And you're this basically just answering questions without the intention of getting the patient in the door. And that's again, part of that accountability of that staff member. My job is to get patients booked on the schedule mm-hmm. and I should feel accountable for that versus my, my job is just to answer the phone and answer questions. So yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is how we answer questions and transition them and just the mindset of getting the patients in the door. And, and this is something that there should be training, correct? It's like when yes. you have staff that this should be role-played and trained and retrained and 
secret secret shopper type of stuff? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I actually, that's one of the things I do is I go into practices. I spend an entire day with them just on how to answer the phones. And you might think, what are you doing for seven hours about answering the phones? But we're doing some of what you're saying is what's the call flow? What's the six step process we should be following? How do we answer questions? What are the common questions we're getting? And are we answering them in a way that makes is basically marketing so they want to agree to that appointment? How do we transition into scheduling? How do we schedule effectively? And then how do we create data capture and follow-up and systems that are keeping us accountable for getting patients in the door? So taking time out of the day and in trainings, I always ask the team, I'm like, isn't it crazy that so many offices just wing it day to day? Like, this is hard. Like you could get 10 different questions on the phone. How are we answering that? And how are we converting those callers into, into patients? So it is a process of breaking old habits and changing our mindset and getting those people trained and confident to answer questions and moving that phone call along so that you're not spending 15, 20 minutes on a phone call. Then your front desk staff is going to be overwhelmed because they're just not understanding how to effectively handle a call. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So let's, let's, let's go into it. So let's say we can, we can do a role playing Okay. Uh, absolutely. Can I, can I do that? So you're going to be the office. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to ask some questions. Okay. Okay. Uh, just for fun. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. So I'll dial you up um, and you say hello and, 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 and okay. you answer my questions. All right. Ring, ring. All right. Podiatry practice. This is Lauren. How may I help you? Hi, Lauren. I wanted to see if you take my insurance. Um, we do work with all insurance companies. I'd be happy to do a benefits check for you. How did you hear about our office? Um, I heard of you. I Googled you. That's why I, I Googled you. Oh, you Googled us. I'm so glad you found us. Let's go ahead and get you scheduled. Do you prefer mornings or afternoons? Well, I just wanted to check. I have uh, I have this, this, I think it's free care or mass health uh, type of thing. I just wanted to see if, if you guys, some places don't carry, take that insurance. So in this role play, so to pause for a second in this role play, it, the, it would depend on if we actually did take that insurance, right? If you don't, if you don't, if, if I don't, then I would say something along the lines of we are not in network with that insurance, but we have plenty of patients that come here because of the quality of care we provide. How did you hear about us? And I consistently go to making the insurance not the sole focus of the conversation. And, and it's true because mass health is like f- not free care, but this, we don't take it, but we see tons of patients that they just either can't get in or they don't get the quality of care or they've, they just want to see someone else. Exactly. And so that's, and that's where we kind of um, get caught up or the people on the phone get caught up and say, oh, they just would answer that question and say, no, we don't take that. That sounds to me as a patient, we don't see you. We can't see you. Instead of leaving that door open, you still want to answer the question. Honestly, we aren't in that group with that insurance, but we do have plenty of patients who come here because of the quality of care we provide. And we'd be happy to welcome you as a, as a patient in our practice. And then I also do have some practices who offer a complimentary benefits check because sometimes there is some coverage that those patients can get. And it's just the unknown that scares them. It's not necessarily, um, that they are going to owe thousands and thousands of dollars, or it's going to be so different than in network. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. Even the benefits check of like, just in what, well, okay. So it's not, it's not covered, but then what, what is it? Oh, it's $150. Well, that's not that bad or $200, exactly. that, you know, oh, 
Yeah. yeah. The, like what's the estimated fee schedule for whatever. And we have that all kind of, we don't put it on the website, but we have it mm-hmm. up there and it's not, it's not that much really. And, and I think a lot of them, and I can say this cause I, I'm married to a Brazilian. That's why I moved here. There's a lot of, and they don't have insurance and they, they tend to see, but they're used to paying. They just don't have insurance, but they're used to paying for it. And so yes. I find a lot of people are just used to it. Right. And, and so it, it's good to, to break down the barriers that the person may have or the preconceived notions. And the often the staff members, I'll listen to tons of calls where staff members just say, no, we're not a network, but you know who you could try is blah, 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 down the street. Yeah, 100% people will say that because they're thinking I'm being helpful when they're forgetting like your job is to get the patient in the door. And if they believe you're the best doctor for that patient to see, then give them the option to come in. Because we all know we pay for what we find more valuable. So when you do answer questions and how your first impression will make your practice seem more valuable, which makes that $150 worth it rather than $0 that maybe I would have to pay somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, how do you, let's, let's talk switching. Cause I, I'm interested in this stuff. This is yeah. funny. And I love uh, it. Uh, let's talk about money. That's always kind of a, a thing that no one likes to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot of like I don't know, kind of expensive, probably not like dental though. So if you've been helping dentists, ours is nothing mm-hmm. to compare. So we have some treatments called like amniotic stem cell injections or like 1500 um, mm-hmm. shockwave might be like 1200 for the package. Um, yeah. Do you recommend prepaying for packages of treatment? Do you recommend one at a time? Um, do you, how do you talk about it? Does the doctor talk about it? Do you have staff? You know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. And there's, so another one of my training days is all about how do you get treatment presentation once they're in the office, the it's a different conversation than on the phone, right? Mm -hmm. Because if I'm on the phone, I am not a doctor answering the phone most likely. So even if I quote you a price, we don't even know if that's the best fit for you. If that's the best treatment for you. Yep. Right. So if I say, this is what I think you need or what you're asking about, then I'm giving irrelevant medical advice. Yes, exactly. And so I think you always want to give options to your patients. And I love packages. I think that's just eliminates decision fatigue. It helps people. If you say, here's a package of three treatments or a package of these three services, this is the one price. I just make the decision based on that one price. I don't have to make three separate decisions. Does that make sense? It it does. Like, for example, we would do, let's say an ultrasound, not covered, uh, shockwave and then amnio that package is 1500. Exactly. If you just want the shockwave, it's like 900 or something like that. Exactly. So bundling it together. And I also think another really smart way to present treatment is to have a couple options to kind of anchor, um, the cost. And what I mean by Ooh, that, this is, is Caldini guys. If you're, yeah, if, you're <laughs> if you guys haven't read Robert Caldini, you, you anchor to a higher price. So tell me exactly. about that. Yeah. So here's option one and let's call this, this is going to be $2,000 or here's option two, which is $1,500. Now, all of a sudden I think I'm getting a deal or I'm like, well, at least it's not the $2,000, it's $1,500. And I leave happy thinking I didn't pay full price. If you just come at me with the $1,500, and my, you let whatever was in my head be my anchor or where I think the price should start. So I thought maybe call in thinking this is going to be a $500 procedure. You say 1500, I'm going to be like, whoa, I need to think about that. But if you say, hey, here are three options. Here's price one, price two, price three, all in descending. So always start with the highest. Then most of the time your patients will pick the middle package. So I like to give three options and you'll notice this when you're Googling or in big marketing companies, they usually have three options. 
because scientifically proven people, they don't want the, the least and they don't want the biggest. So they usually go with the middle. So whatever your most popular package is, I'd make your middle, make some VIP bigger package that anchors them at a higher price and then have a lower package. Um, so I think that is is bundling things together and then giving that anchoring of price, I think are really good strategies. But I would always offer payment options. Um, like care credit or yeah, different care types credit of is great. Different ways for me to pay because if cost is truly a barrier, it's just I can't produce that money right now, but I really want it, then give me options. And that makes me feel like you care about me as a person and you're working with me as your patient. That's neat. Um, how about, um, do, you, do you ever do any like shock and awe work in terms of like a shock and awe package with your practices? So that's kind of like Dan Kennedy talks about, like any of these big box or PDFs yeah. or things like that to present, a patient makes an appointment, you send them all this stuff to kind of pre-frame them before they come in saying, okay, we do expect like a, an orthodontist, we'll put them on the same day, it'll be eight grand, this and that. Do you have any tips for that or any thoughts? Yeah, so I think when you're doing marketing and anytime you can do something that's different from everybody else, I think that's where we're going to to win, right? Like if for example, a lot of doctors offices will do a postcard in the mail. If I'm going through the mail 9 times out of 10, we all do this, right? What are, where are my Christmas cards? Where are the handwritten letters? Where are my bills? Let me throw everything else out. But if you can do something kind of to what you're speaking of is a mailer that has something in it, I will not throw that away. I will open it. So I've had practices put, it doesn't have to be big. It could be just a small puffy mailer with something in it that just makes me go, hmm, what's this? I'm going to open it. And now you've caught my attention versus being just a postcard I throw in the mail Mm -hmm. or throw in the trash. So any type of package or thing that's Lumpy mail or something like that. Yeah. A lumpy mailer is great. Um, the other thing is I really am a big fan of new patient welcome gifts. Hmm. So as soon as the patient comes, having some Re- reciprocity, guys, Chaldini, exactly. reciprocity. <laughs> yes, exactly what it is. Before I ask you, before you ask me for anything, you give me a gift. And there's a lot of science behind that. If you give me something first, I'm way more likely to comply with whatever you ask me to do so after. Funny, funny question. I was just thinking about it now. Like we give socks and a water bottle because we're podiatrists, yeah. right? So they're athletes. Yeah. We give it when they leave, like when they buy the orthotics, then they, so you actually would give it bef- when they come in, like first patient 100%. visit, hey, this is for you. Yeah. Before, before, cause at that point they're like, okay, well I gave you my time, my money, and now I get a pair of socks. Like that's their thought process. Right. Whereas if, if I walk in, I have done nothing for you and you hand me a gift, even if it's a socks and water bottle, I'm like, oh, wow, this is a surprise. This is a delight. Verse at the end, which is still great that you're doing that. But if you can just flip them, I think you'll notice a really big bump in your compliance. And yeah, some people will still just take the bottle and walk out, maybe not do whatever yeah. treatment suggests, but nine times out of 10, I guarantee it's going to make them more likely to cooperate with you and want to do treatment with you. You have goodwill. That's yeah. awesome. I think, I, I think that's, that's something great for just for just simple things, just switching the order, yeah. order things. Let's talk a little bit about your thoughts on um, uh, like in terms of direct response marketing, the whole idea of of staying in front of your actual customers and building your list. Um, are you still a believer in regular newsletters? Do you do email newsletters? How often? How much is too much? Things like that. What is your recommendation? 
So my biggest recommendation right now is for um, practices to do video and not even if they're doing a newsletter, put a video in it and it doesn't have to be a long video. It can be, you know, like the length of an Instagram reel or a TikTok and make it fun and the personality of your practice. I think a lot of times we try video and if it's boring, people aren't going to watch that, but people we know are drawn to content through video. And if we can do content through video and some intriguing things that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is funny. Let me share it then that's going to also double your marketing because now I'm sharing it with my friends, right? Mm-hmm. I'm actually opening it because it looks interesting. So when I say video, I don't just mean any video is going to work, but it's these intriguing videos that get my attention and make me open your email. And some offices I work with, they do very professional videos, even for recruiting, um, for retention, for welcoming new patients that are very nice. And I think that's great for a first impression. But then also there's touch points where they're doing more fun videos. Let's show you the personality of the practice. We're not just like everybody else. How do we stand out? Again, like if marketing, if you can stand out through the noise, you're going to win when you're marketing. That, that's great. And then is it, is it, is so I, I kind of know the answer, what some marketers say, is it, is weekly yeah. too much? Is it once a month? Is it daily? You know, uh, in terms of what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's all about tracking. It's all about tracking. If your emails aren't getting uh, getting opened up, then something's wrong, right? I don't like to have like a blanket statement of like, this is the right answer. Because you'll hear anything from, you should post three times a day on social media. Gary Vanderchuk, right? He says that. Yeah, it's like, that seems like so much, but, but my question is always about tracking. Like marketing is about tracking. What are, if you're sending these communication emails, what ROI are you getting? at the interval you're currently doing it. If we add more, is that going to improve or diminish? If no one's opening our emails and sending more is probably not going to make them open our emails. I would look back and say, um, what's our subject line? Because that's going to make me open it or not. I think that's the most important part of the entire email. And then the first impression, if you can do an email with a video in it, I click it, that's going to help your click rate. That's going to help me realize, oh, I enjoy opening these emails. The next one that comes through, I'm more likely to open. Versus just like one that looks exactly like a templated email that probably you're, but I have it too, you know, that a marketing um, service email provider creates, but as consumers, we know what those look like. And we just think, oh, it's just another email, easy, trash, trash, trash. So I think it's all tracking, see what's working, have a great subject line, and then have content that makes me want to open it again. More so than memorable. Awesome. So Lauren, I'm going to ask you one more question. Uh, it's going to be about um, online reviews. Uh, okay. But before we do that, uh, if people that are listening, they maybe want to learn more about you and your company in terms of marketing and chat with you. What's the best website that they can go to? And I'll put that underneath the video as well. Oh, thank you very much for doing that. So it's just www.thepracticepotential.com. Okay. And on there, you can request and set up a consult call with me and we can chat about ways yeah. to help so it'll be kind of like this you chat for a half hour see if it's a good fit uh, exactly. so the practice potential great mm-hmm. uh, and i think you guys will enjoy chatting and yeah. you know i think that's i think it's good the more people you meet the more ideas you get i just got some great ideas right now and and hope if, if it's a good fit you know that's that's how you make your practice grow so the last question is okay. how do you what's the best type of reviews is it video is it google reviews and do you have any great tips at at getting them uh, so 
a lot of parts to that question. So I'd say the first thing is I think video reviews are great. Always. I'm always going to be an advocate of videos, have those, but also still have your Google reviews. Um, and so both all is the answer, all of the above, get as many reviews as possible. I do think it makes it easy when you have a QR code or something at checkout and you, um, have it easy to where I just scan the QR code and I go right into there. But above anything else, any other tip I can give you about getting more reviews, ask for reviews, which sounds so simple. And most people will say, oh, I do that. I do that. Okay. Tell me what you say. Tell me what you say. And they'll say something like that. Don't forget to review us or send us a review. That is not a question that is not asking. That's a suggestion. So I always say, change your verbiage and get a verbal commitment from them. That way, when they leave, they actually felt that principle of commitment. I agreed to do this review. I'm more likely to do, do the review. So for example, you could say something like, how was your visit today? Oh my gosh, it was so great. Oh, we love to hear that. Do you mind going ahead and scanning that QR code and leaving us a review? Pause, wait for the answer. They say yes. And you've led that in. So there's ways to do it without feeling pushy. But a lot of times we shy so much away from asking that it's almost, you know, if you feel like it kind of sort of maybe leave a review, maybe, but you don't have to, that it comes out very much like a suggestion. So above anything else, ask, wait for them to say yes. And you'll see an, a huge increase in the number of reviews you get. Yeah, that's great. Great, great, great. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. That was very helpful. A lot of great ideas. Uh, check out Lauren's website. I, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I appreciate you too.